Hey mamas, and welcome to Nutrition for Littles, a podcast dedicated to helping you raise healthy, confident, and independent eaters. I'm Alyssa, your mama in BRD. I'm a registered dietitian and mama of two. I specialize in nutrition and feeding for infants and toddlers. Nutrition is kind of my thing, and I love sharing it. But honestly, the few seconds Instagram gives me on my stories just wasn't cutting it anymore. Join me each week right here as we go deeper and tackle topics like picky eating, mealtime struggles, baby-led weaning, fostering a healthy relationship with food, and so much more. I'll try to be short because mom life, but I plan on giving you real-life tactical advice and answering your actual questions. I will walk you through actionable strategies to help you protect and preserve your child's innate ability to listen to their bodies and eat intuitively. Let's jump right into today's topic. Hello, hello, and welcome back to the podcast. I'm so excited that you are here. Today's episode, we're breaking down a rule that might or might not be in your family, and that is the one bite rule or the polite bite rule or what else do people call it? I think that's it. I mean, you get what I mean, right? It's basically like, hey, don't knock it before you try it. Just try a bite. Just snag a little taste and see if you like it. And if you don't like it, you don't have to eat it, right? That's a rule that we see a lot of us have in our homes. So let me start off by the top, start off by the top, start off at the top and tell you that you are allowed to have whatever rules in your home that you want in your home. Today's episode is just kind of an eye opener or a conversation around what this one bite rule or whatever you call it in your home might be doing to your kid. So if you're struggling with picky eating, which I'm assuming that you are because you're here. So if you're struggling with picky eating, this might be a conversation that you um, have interest in, especially if this is a rule that shows itself in your family. So like I said, for you, it might be a one bite rule or a polite bite or, you know, just try it and then you don't have to eat it again, right? Like that is so common for us to say, just try a bite. And if you don't like it, you don't have to eat it. And it feels very like low pressure. You're like, just try it. And then you don't have to eat it. Like that feels like it would be low pressure. But actually, I'm here to tell you that for a lot of kids, majority of kids, this is actually a high pressure technique that is used for children to get them to try new foods. And the high pressure that we talk about a lot on Instagram, if you're not following me over there, definitely check me out at mama and me RD. Um, but this high pressure can actually lead to making picky eating worse. So to us as adults, full fledged, I'm 31 ish. I think I'm around there. <laughs> I always forget my age. I'm 31 and I've had 31 years or 30 and a half years experience eating solid food. I have a lot of experience to draw on and to compare to. And I know what to expect when someone sets down a food that's in front of me that maybe I haven't seen in a while or have never seen before. I can at least generally guess what this is going to taste like. I can smell it. I can see if it's hot or cold. I can kind of like feel around whatever and get an idea of if it's going to be slimy or juicy or hard or rough or dry. You know, I can pull on my past experiences 
and decide what this might taste like. Now, I'm not always right, but I at least have that association. Our little ones really don't yet. They might have a little bit here and there, but they're really not at that critical thought period of their life where they can draw on past experiences and make assumptions about something that's put in front of them. So although to us, it would be very low pressure to go typically to go into a restaurant that we've never eaten that food before and be placed in a situation where a new food is presented and someone were to say to us, hey, just try a bite. If you don't like it, you don't have to eat it. That feels very low pressure typically. But this is because we have months and years worth of experience, even decades of experience with foods. So it doesn't feel like a lot of pressure. We also know, and we're using that prefrontal cortex part of our brain, that we're not in imminent danger. We are likely, unless we are being poisoned by someone, in which case, please call 911. Um, But we are not actually in danger. And we know that about ourselves. So we are more willing to take this risk because it is a calculated risk. Our children do not understand how to take calculated risks, okay? And a lot of times they are really trying to figure out what their role is, what this food is in front of them, and how mad is mom and dad going to be if I don't follow this rule? So it does feel like way more pressure to them. So I want you to imagine what it really would be like to step into a foreign country, a foreign land where you don't speak the language, you've never seen food like this before, you don't even know if it's edible, and they put it in front of you and say, just take a bite, or maybe they don't even say it because they're not speaking your language. And you know, you can feel this pressure that they want you to eat it. They're staring at you, they're looking at you, everyone's waiting for you to take a bite, and you've never even seen, like literally picture, you cannot even compare this to something you've had before in your life. That can feel really scary. Now, to some of us, it's not. And some of us are like, oh my gosh, I'd try that in a heartbeat. I don't care if it's raw. I don't care what it is. I would eat it. And most of us, I would say, are in the middle of kind of like, I mean, I probably would try it, but I really wouldn't want to. I'd feel really uncomfortable. And then there's probably a good handful of us that are like, absolutely not. I am not touching that, right? <laughs> like There is the spectrum. So I just want you to, for a second, put yourself in your kid's shoes and think about what they might be feeling when you say, just take a bite. To you, it might not be a big deal. To them, it feels like a big deal. They haven't had enough experience with food yet. They haven't really been able to bring that decision-making or rationale to the prefrontal cortex of their brain and really understand if their life truly is at risk or not. I know it feels really dramatic, but this is what I'm talking about when we're creating a safe environment in the home that they feel safe and taken care of. They may not feel 100% safe trying a new food yet, and that's okay, even though you and I know that they're totally and completely safe. So what the better bet is, especially when you're introducing them to a brand new food, or maybe it's a food you feel like you've, you know, they ate all the time as a baby, and now all of a sudden they're taller and they're not even touching it. But when we introduce this food to give it no pressure, you don't have to take a bite, you don't have to keep it on your plate, you know, you don't have to whatever, um, but to just have it in their general vicinity, even if it's something they can see, even moving it from their plate to like a no thank you bowl or not right now bowl or a napkin is actually an exposure of them touching it. And then they have that little bit of control of I get to put this food in its place or where I want it to be. And they kind of build up that trust. But this does take time. Now, these 
these efforts are things that I actually teach inside my table talk program where I give you the methodologies of expanding on that exposure. But I just want to remind you here that just having it on their plate, having it on their table, even if they push it away, even if they take it off their plate, um, even if they, you know, just like literally scream at it until you move it, that is an exposure. And we just want to do our best to set it up as the most positive exposure possible. Positive doesn't mean they're eating it. They're loving it. It's the best thing. They coat their whole body in it. It's literally like they tolerated it. (laughs) They didn't have a negative response to it is sometimes the best we can do. And that's enough. So sometimes this looks like putting just a tiny bit on their plate so that they're not overwhelmed by it as well. They don't feel unease. Okay. So I just want to remind you here that the one bite rule, the polite bite, those sorts of things, although it doesn't feel like adding pressure for us because we literally feel like if you eat it and you don't like it, you don't have to eat it is actually can be perceived as pressure around the dinner table. So if you are struggling with picky eater at home and you have this rule in your home, maybe it's something to consider taking off the table for a period of time. Maybe for you, that's a few months. Maybe for you, it's a year. Maybe for you, it's for good. And just seeing how that plays out. Now, it might lead you to some uncomfortable moments between you know, your mother-in-law or your sister-in-law or your friend down the street if your child won't even try the thing that they brought. But I promise you the discomfort you feel in the moment is worth the fact that your kid one day won't be picky anymore and will actually be willing to try new foods and get excited when people bring things new to the table. So it is worth it. And it is certainly okay and should be okay to say, you know what? He's still learning to like X, Y, and Z. Um, We're working on it. Or he hasn't liked that yet. Uh, I'm excited to try that with him again, you know, next time or something along those lines. You can even maybe ask for the recipe and say, hey, I would love the recipe for this. So I could keep giving it to him to see if maybe one day he'll like it. Um, Certain situations like that, just bring down the temperature. Don't let people make you feel guilty over what your kid will or will not eat. I know this is easier said than done on a podcast, but truly it is worth you um, protecting your child too. And your child sees that, that if you're not going to force them, even though it's making you uncomfortable, They're also going to pick up on the fact that they are a priority to you. And even when it makes you uncomfortable, you're going to protect them and they're going to feel like you are there to protect them, which builds trust around the table, which leads to them trying new foods. I know this might sound a little overdramatic to some of you, and that's fine. I'm okay with being the overdramatic picky eating dietitian. That's who I am. But truly, it does take time to get to a place where they trust you and everything is jiving well at the table. I always kind of describe it this way, that it's more of a dance between you and them and this relationship between you and them and the food than it is about the food or about the bite or about the vegetable. It it really is more of a dance between you two. So anyways, I hope you enjoyed today's episode. I hope that this breakdown of this rule that is very common in people's homes, I don't want you to feel like you're alone for offering this. Uh, We've definitely said this to my son before. Um, So no, you have not ruined your kid if you have implemented this rule for a while, but you will likely have to build up trust that this is no longer a rule in your home, at least for a period of time. And like I said at the top of this podcast, ultimately, you don't have to listen to me. (laughs) Like I will tell you what the research says. I will tell you what helps in practice and how I've helped hundreds of moms overcome picky eating with their little ones. But the thing is, is that you are the best parent for your child and you know 
your child best. And there are certainly kids out there that do not feel pressure when they're told this. So if it's a rule you want to continue in your home, that's totally fine. Move on to another podcast of mine and check that out and see if it resonates with you. But you get to decide what comes into your home and what stays outside the gate, right? I always say this, like you're the gatekeeper of your home. You get to learn all the information on the internet and in Instagram and on podcasts and all the things, but ultimately you get to decide what comes into your home and lives there and what doesn't. So take what serves you, leave the rest, be curious, try new things, But ultimately, if it doesn't work for you and your family, that's okay. Everyone is different. And as long as you are feeding them, you are doing it right, which is ultimately my favorite way to talk to you guys, because I want you to know that I'm a mom too. So even though I know some of the research, there are some things that I do that I'm like, I know maybe this isn't ideal, but a mom's got to survive, right? (laughs) So there's always that little piece to it. So just a heads up on that and a little caveat, but I hope today's episode gave you some perspective and really um, maybe just opened your eyes to a new idea. Anyways, I will see you next week with a brand new episode. Thank you so much for tuning in today. I hope you're walking away with some tangible ways to bring peace to your mealtimes. And if you like this episode, please subscribe and tell all your mom friends. And as always, the best compliment you can give me is leaving a rating and written review. You can find more from me on Instagram at momandmeerd. And please feel free to send me any questions or comments you may have by emailing me at alyssa at momandmeerd.com. Until next time, mamas. Thank you.